Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. Hi, I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of HRN. HRN is dedicated to amplifying voices from all across our food system. Today, I'm asking listeners to take part in our summer membership drive by helping sustain our mission to expand the way eaters think about food. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, you can receive some great HRN swag, including the HRN cap, wine carrier, or a special spice set from Burlap and Barrel. By becoming a member, you'll play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member today. Thank you for your support. Help the people who help Oaxaca. Since 2009, Seconda has been supporting Oaxaca's underserved communities. Almost 5,000 people annually see their lives improved by this Mexican NGO. They've built and stocked six green libraries and four rain harvest hygiene stations, benefiting around 800 children and youth. And they've provided training and business coaching for over 120 female entrepreneurs. And much of that work has been done with the recycler communities that have grown around the garbage dump sites in Zachila. All of that, really, is just the tip of an ever-growing iceberg. They've also supported legislation and implemented localized trainings designed to prevent sexual violence against girls and youth, eliminate child labor, forced labor, and violations of labor rights in Mexico's sugarcane and coffee sectors, and address the causes of gender inequality. And their small staff has done all of this without ever having offices of their own. For the past 13 years, Seconda has been hosted within the premises of a local bakery, a very kind gift from a very good corporation. But Seconda now needs their own home. They've acquired a plot of land and found an architectural firm, Sandspont Architectura, willing to donate their time to develop plans. Now we need to raise the money to make those plans a reality. The cost of these new offices is around $100,000 U.S. They've received a matching grant from 818 Tequila that will cover half of that if we can raise the other $50,000. Seconda has done so much to help so many. We're asking you now to help Seconda. Help them build offices that will enable them to continue their existing work and to expand their programs that make Mexico more just and equitable. Make your fully tax-deductible contributions for Seconda at buildoaxaca.com. That's buildoaxaca.com. And thanks. I 
I'm Lou Bank. I am Cha Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning, critically acclaimed podcast that helps green gags, bartenders, but understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. Oof, that was a little bit harder than expected. I mean, you usually do a tremendously uh, unnecessary intro, but that was that was. I'm running hot, Java. I'm running hot. Oh Lord, I'm just so. Tired. Why am I running hot? Uh, because you've been driving for how long today? No, today? Running, oh, did, what? Did, you, okay, sure, yeah, because I don't know. I did like <laughs> what, what we do six hours a day, and maybe six, eight, and nine. where we do it. In Mexico. In Mexico. So I have to go fast. You know why? Me- you know you know why Mexico? You know why Java? <laughs> You're way too intense for this episode for me right now. But okay, why do you go too fast? Because it's so dangerous in Mexico. You're escaping people. I'm always escaping people. Dogs, cats, police. It's the dogs uh, coming back for extra hot dogs that I'm going that, especially. That you're afraid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I get yeah. that. I mean, that's but that's not dangerous though. Oh. A dog in Mexico isn't dangerous? Hungry dog in Mexico. Okay, let me rephrase yeah, could that. Be a, they could but, be. But I, I think that we're making this episode not because of people being afraid of dogs. No, I think, no. uh, yeah. like. Well, you know, hang on. I think we're going to extend it to that. Okay, okay, maybe. But let's start where we had planned to start because we always plan our episodes. Always. Yes. So we, uh, I mean, we were very surprised in the last few weeks because we've been going around and it just so happens that there's actual humans that listen to our podcast. <laughs> uh, we have thought that it was all bots, that the thing that we used to monitor how many people listen to us was tricking us to to believe there was humans so we wouldn't stop doing this and we'll be paying the subscription to any digital thing that we pay the subscription for. But it turns out that people do listen to us. Well, in theory. I mean, they people. listen to anyway, an like, episode. Like Nobody might listen to this us. episode. But... But, but it, which did happen to in Arizona. Shout out to Arizona. <laughs> Shout, okay, yes. <laughs> Coolest kids ever. Anyway, uh, but we, I started thinking about something and I realized that a few of the people that we had a conversation with have never come to Mexico. And I think that a big part of it, it's, yeah, maybe they don't have the time. Uh, I, I think it's an affordable trip, especially from the south of the United States. But I do believe a significant amount of people hesitate about visiting this country because they've been looking at the news, they've been looking at some sort of information, maybe your government gives some releases of where which place you shouldn't visit, and it <laughs> usually says that this is not Switzerland. So uh, from a gringo perspective, do you think this is an accurate thing? Yeah. In, in fact, you know, it's funny. I, Connie and I, years ago, years ago, were out to dinner uh, with some friends, uh, some friends we knew, and then some of their friends we didn't know. And the guy sitting next to me, we'd never met before. We started talking about Mexico. And, uh, and he looked at me, and he was probably 10 years older than me. Um, so 115, okay, 150. So he's older than me. And at the time, I think this would have been like five years ago. So I was like 50, he was like 60. And, um, and he looked at me and said, how could you take your wife down there? Oh Lord. Yeah. And well, I said, well, but did he say that did, because and, she was going to eat a lot of delicious stuff and she was just going to move to Mexico and abandon you? I, I, th- I actually assumed he was saying that like, there's all these, these single women down there that are beautiful <laughs> and that she was going to get jealous. I mean, no, he was, he, was, he was very sincerely like, he couldn't believe that I would put my, my wife's life in danger by bringing her to Mexico. Oh. And, and I was out to dinner where I live, which is Chicago. 
the safest place in the planet. He tries to convince me that it's dangerous because they killed one person six months ago. And it, it is was the, the most newspapers. dangerous city in the USA per capita. And Whatever. it is among the 10 most dangerous, um, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, most dangerous places in uh, in the USA. People have capita. open windows at night. Whatever. Okay, continue. Okay. So my, my, well, you know, but that is exactly my point about Mexico too. You know, it's funny, like you're, you're, you're being mocking about this and yet you did the exact same thing to me this morning about Mexico. Well, actually, I I guess we're making this episode because we had a conversation in the morning. You're a madman. uh, I thought it was because of some woman in Arizona. No, well, too, but, uh, (laughs) but you, but you suffer from some bizarre uh, sickness that makes you, prompts you to wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Yeah. And uh, we went to bed fairly early last night. We had like a chill day with, in whatever terms we call a chill day, which was absolutely not chill. And uh, you said, let's leave uh, Masamitla in our way to Zaguayo, so border Jalisco, Michoacán, really early. And I had just talked with my father and I had taken a, a walk around the town of Masamitla, had seen some really heavily armed police. And my father told me like, you know, uh, I've been like, this is not necessarily the safest area in Mexico. So I will suggest that you guys drive only during the day. Right. And so- we left at 7, 7 6.30 and f- happily we were entering the Sawayo area when there was light and I felt safe. Okay, so two things. Yes. Number one, your father said it's not necessarily the most safe place in Mexico. Is that what he said? Ah, uh, well, he uh, I'm making so much, so many euphemisms for the sake of this episode. Uh, he know he said more like they disappear people over there. So <laughs> watch out. Well, but they disappear people all over Mexico. So that's number one. Number two. Well, okay. So let's deal with that first. Right. So, you know, I'm going to go back to that guy in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I had to point out to him, we live in Chicago, dangerous place. And he's like, well, you just got to know where to go and where not to go. And the truth is, while he's kind of right, that you're playing the odds based on what you know about crime statistics in one community versus another community in Chicago. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, you yeah. know that, you know, there are little children who live in every community in Chicago. And yeah. and those little children walk through that community every day and they don't get killed. There are adults who walk through that community. My point being this, yeah, that yeah, yeah. if you're in the most dangerous place in the world, there is still less than a 1% chance that something happens to you. Uh, not peer-reviewed yet. This is a paper. Louis no, no, no. It's easy in enough to do the math, Chava. <laughs> if it were more than 1%, the entire population would be gone per day, before the, per day, I guess. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. So the entire population will be gone in, in, in less than a hundred days. Yeah. Basically <laughs> four months. Hey, you're all alone. So, you know, when we talk about danger without question, it's dangerous to be in Mexico without question. It's dangerous to be in Chicago without question. There is no place in the world that you can be where you are out of danger. They say that more people die in their bathtubs than on an airplane. Mm. So I guess if you never take a shower and you stay in your house, maybe you're okay, but then maybe there's an earthquake <laughs> or maybe Maybe there's this thing called ball lightning. Like the point is there is danger everywhere. And the question becomes, how do you reduce the, your, per, your personal risk, right? Yes. And to be absolutely honest, I, uh, I, haven't been gone, I haven't been in my town where I was born in 15 years now because there is a certain combination of factors that will make it unsafe 
for me personally to go there. Right. But, but, but you're perfectly I, fine crossing the border between Michoacan and Alisco. That is correct. If you can put your microphone in front of your face, Roy is going to be very happy about oh, this okay. episode. Oh, okay. How's that, Roy? Is yeah, that you were already like talking like you were a rapper. And then you, <laughs> you like to feel really cool. But Come on, that's back on it. point. Okay, back to the point. Yes, and I was in the border of Michoacan and Jalisco, and I was completely safe because nobody cared who I, uh, who I was. And I was with a... Uh, with a gringo that looked absolutely inoffensive. So we're cool. <laughs> no, was not... You might be the first, actually, this might be the first time you've described me as inoffensive. Now, so, so, so what are the mitigating factors? You know, one of the things I like to tell people is make sure somebody knows that you're coming wherever you're headed, right? And what? I, oh, yeah, absolutely. Wherever you're headed to a town, I find that, in fact, if, uh, like, it's oftentimes, it's the problem isn't people intercepting you and robbing you in, in, my anecdotal evidence, it's that the people in the town where you're headed don't know you're supposed to be there. So today when we broke into a... Uh, exactly yeah, that. Yeah, okay. We, we, we walked through a gate that looked closed and we... It didn't look closed. It was closed. <laughs> with, a, with a piece of string. With a piece <laughs> of string. It was still somebody's <laughs> intention of, I don't want anyone in here. But I, but I shouted buenos dias with my nicest, warmest voice, and everything was okay. But so the other one of the other things I say is stick mainly to the uh, the, the the toll roads and the highways, and we, did, we, and we and we didn't do that today. No, but we were no, fine. Yeah, yeah. Now we did follow your father's advice of going. Pretty much, I mean, this, you know, the sun came up at around seven. We left at 630. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but I've always wondered about that, too. Like, why is it that somehow sunlight makes you safer? I mean, I don't even want to talk it about it. It seems like yeah, they would yeah, see yeah, you yeah, coming yeah. from further away. Whatever. I want to think of, I want to believe that. So we're not touching that. We're not. You know, and yeah, I've said that like, for years. And then on this this trip, like I just got so excited. I was in this beautiful rental car uh, that was totally meant for back roads. And so I left the airport at 9 p.m. and didn't get to Morelia until 1230 at night, which for me, you know. Yeah, it's super late. And I was driving at night, which I never do, which was intimidating. And yet, you know what? Nothing happened to me. Well, that was a very safe uh, highway. What, what I can say, though, and I think, uh, I don't know how long have we been doing this episode now, but uh, I think this has to be a really short one. Ten and a half minutes. Ten and a half minutes, yeah. So yeah. I think we're really close to, to, <laughs> to coming to a conclusion because there's nothing extremely important we're saying here. Oh. Oh, you think it's... Ex I I, like, yeah, I think it's this important episode, but at the same time, we don't have a lot of numbers to share that make our opinion tremendously valid. But I will... 1%. Was, I don't know. That was a good number. Oh, come on. So I, I think that a lot of it, for me at least, it's a lot of common sense. And when I say this is, you know, when I was spending my time in Asia, it was amazing because I didn't have to take great care of myself. You know, like I could do a lot of reckless stuff, like getting a little bit too fragile or too dependent on third parties without thinking I was, uh, I, like somebody was going to take advantage of that fragility. I don't know why oh, you would well, think like, that. I mean, okay, the, the, I mean, the, the incidence of rape obscure. in Japan yeah. is higher than almost anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, for example, like you're in Japan, you can get drunk to the point where you're not tremendously uh, aware of your surroundings and you know you're going to be fine. Uh, no, you don't. So that's your conclusion. My conclusion is uh, you're crazy. <laughs> what? You're crazy. Have you ever looked at the statistics for rape in Japan? I'm, we're not looking to look at that. Well, <laughs> but here's so here's my conclusion. Oh, Lord. Right? Okay. My conclusion I hate is this. I had you said that. Anyways, 
my conclusion, sorry, Japan, my conclusion, what? my conclusion is Taiwan. Life is a game. I, I hope this isn't considered a, a phrase we're not allowed to use anymore, but life is a game of Russian roulette. Like it's literally, and, and every trip I take to Mexico, every trip I take back home to Chicago, every time I leave my house in the morning for my morning walk, it's a game of Russian roulette. You, something's going to happen to you. Something is going to happen to you at some point, right? So the question becomes, do you live your life afraid this. of every this. single possibility? Oh, I hate this so much. Or do you just accept that anything I do has some some amount of danger connected to it. Okay, Roy, you're going to help me with this. Uh, you have to put some emotional music and we're going to talk about self-affirmations by Lou Bank. Oh, I want to live my life at the fullest. No, oh, that's not I, at the I, fullest. I, I, it's not, I'm not going <laughs> to live my life afraid of something that's that's literally based on anecdotal evidence. Oh, man. No. Okay. So uh, that this is not a conclusion that I want at all. This, this sounds like way too much of a motivational So your conclusion speech. is get drunk in Japan and not Mexico? <laughs> my conclusion is I think... And, and I think this is a responsible conclusion. This is the conclusion that I think I can give as a human that has lived uh, a significant part of his life in this country is you have to be smart. You're not going to close this. You're not going to cross the streets waiting for the cars to stop for you. Like if you were in LA or Switzerland, you have to be aware of your surroundings. Why are you making faces? Of course. Like no, just keep going. I'm fascinated by this because I'm pretty sure that kidnappers aren't thinking I'm only going to kidnap somebody who crosses oh, well, with... No, but, I, but I'm not. I'm talking safety as a like as a complete thing. Safety as in getting I don't run think, over by a car. I don't think anybody in, is saying I can't go to Mexico because I'll get run over in traffic. Really? You don't think that's a, no, that's no, a consideration? No, it's, it's drug for, cartels. Really? It, that's the only thing people are afraid of? I would wager when people talk about the dangers in Mexico, what? they're talking about the violence from the drug cartels. Well, that's very unlikely for ha to happen upon you. If you if you don't have, if uh, okay okay. Well, but I think people ha are afraid of other stuff. Okay, how about this? Anybody who's afraid of getting hit by a car in Mexico, send us an email. We'll get you those statistics. <laughs> okay, well, okay. So if if this, I, I just I was just informed about the objective of this. Are episode. you serious? <laughs> I am serious. I'm I'm very serious. Like when I think about the dangers of Mexico City, the last thing I think about is like a shootout by cartels. Maybe if we're in like late eighties, early nineties. Oh my goodness! Wow. Okay. Well then let that be your conclusion. My conclusion is don't worry about the drug cartels. Yeah, something could happen. Absolutely. If you apparently stay in daylight and you stick to main roads, you're going to mitigate the chance of something happening. And the chances of something happening are really, really slim. You know, I live in Chicago. I think the chances are just about equal that I'll get it. I think the last time I checked mortality rates, homicide rates in Chicago versus Mexico, we were actually higher in Chicago. Okay, can I make a conclusion that I hate <laughs> to get here, but it's actually dark and a little bit serious? I think as gringos, you can actually contribute a lot to the safety of this country. And I, I just, just made me remember something. I had this interaction with a guy that had been living in the Tulum Cancun area for 15 years. And he said that that used to be paradise. That used to be one of the safest places on earth. His children were able to run barefooted around 
everywhere. And since it became a party central for foreigners, not only getting those for all over the planet, searching for drugs, it became a rather dark place. So come to Mexico and don't do drugs. I f- like you will be like it's something that could make a significant difference, really. If you are someone from somewhere else coming to Mexico and don't do drugs, you're significantly contributing to our safety and your safety. Okay, I like that as a, as a conclusion. <laughs> well, like, I'm sorry, like, it just, like, it just made hang, me... Hang, hang on, is, is pot considered a drug in your head? It is, unfortunately. Okay, so there you go, people. You heard it from Chava. Yeah, like, yeah, like, you know, th- that's the way those kids get funds to then uh, diversify their businesses into kidnapping, extortion, uh, prostitution, you name it. A lot of horrible things that they can do because they have money to do that. And whatever means you are finding to give them money, and also in your country, man, like a lot of these things get transported to your country through my country. And because you're consuming cocaine in, in, in New York, you're giving funds to someone to probably kidnap my family. I, this is so dark. I'm sorry. Wow. This is so dark. I'm very sorry, but I, but it's honest. Okay. Well, there you go. I think, I think we've had enough inconclusive in conclusions uh, that we can wrap this one, Shava. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I hate it. Like, I'm sorry, guys, but, but, but I'm serious. Adios. <laughs> Hasta pronto. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.